Mr. Uh, Secretary, thank you very much. I appreciate the time now. Sure. Is this better? That's a lot better. That's okay. a lot better. You were cutting out very bad there. I'd, uh, I appreciate the callback. Um, tomorrow, Election Day, it, standard off your stuff here. It's a lot of city council races, school boards. That's primarily what we're looking at, right? That's right. There are some special elections as well, but we're right. Local offices, not partisan offices. There's nobody running with a partisan designation. So that's an interesting factor as well. Now, did you say you did say some special elections? Is there any particular ones that I, I can't remember? I know that the, there's an open house seat in in that but in uh, Minneapolis, I believe it is. But I don't think that's that's on the ballot or in, in the South no. Metro. That's not in the ballot till it's a special election, correct? That's right. That's a, that's at a later time. That's not tomorrow. All right, but but you know, for the most part, it, it's this is and, and you and I have talked about this before. These are the people, as we talk, we focus so much on presidential elections and national elections. The reality is you are far more impacted by your local city council and school board than you will ever be about a national election, because that is your day-to-day existence, correct? Yeah. I mean, this is about quality of life. The folks who are on the ballot tomorrow, city council, school board, mayors, and others, this there is a direct correlation. You can connect the dots very, very quickly between who gets elected to these offices and quality of life, whether it's snow plowing or street cleaning or uh, trash or curriculum in a school or how a city is run or property tax rates. This is where it happens. And I would add, for your listeners' benefit, and they probably already know this, these can tend to be very close contests. Every single year that I've been in office, every single year, we've had one or more local contests that are either tied or decided by a single vote. Hmm. We already had one earlier this year. It happens. So not only are they really important in terms of direct quality of life, but every individual voter can really make an impact. These are tight contests very often. Well, and you do say that these are non-political, but the reality is is that there there has been some political input in a lot of these races. I'll look at the school board races. I mean, there's been multiple reports in the news lately about some, you know, outside PAC organizations with clear political agendas kind of pushing for certain people out there. How do you manage Obviously, you want to have the integrity of having a nonpartisan election. How do you manage that when there are clearly external forces that are pushing one way or the other? Yeah, well, I think you put your finger on it. Nonpartisan isn't the same as nonpolitical. <laughs> nonpartisan simply means that people aren't running on the ballot explicitly as Democrats, Republicans, or something else. They can be political in the sense that um, there are interests that um, have a stake in the outcome on all sides, particularly in these school board races, but you're reading and hearing about in cities, in the bigger cities like Minneapolis and St. Paul, same thing, people who band together, who pool their funds together in order to get certain outcomes on the city council level. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly normal, uh, but it does mean, you're right, that they still can be political um, but the one thing I would say about these local contests, even when there's outside money or inside money involved, they still are primarily local contests. Sure, there are themes that transcend local boundaries, but basically speaking, they're about those local communities. They're about local issues. They're about local concerns. And it's harder to, not impossible, but it's harder to sort of nationalize these things. I understand there are certain sort of cultural aspects to you know, school board races 
that's true. But but generally speaking, these are really local contests about local issues, and that makes them, I'd say, refreshingly different from some of the other elections in other years. Your your office has done a, a fantastic job, and I want to let, let's make sure I mention right now the website because this is yeah. such a great tool for anyone out there who wants to find out who's on their ballot if they're registered to vote, where they vote. What is the website? MNVotes.gov. That's M-N-V-O-T-E-S.gov. MNVotes.gov, as you said, uh, allows you to do a number of things. First, if you're not sure, if your listeners aren't sure, hey, you know, in my area, yeah, I saw a couple signs for mayor, but is city council up in our area, or do we have a school board election? Just go to MNVotes.gov. You'll see the obvious feature there. It's this My Vote feature. You just enter your address, and up will come a sample ballot complete with links to candidate websites if they have a website, so you'll be able to know who the candidates are, what the contests are in your area. Likewise with the polling place. Maybe you're not sure where your polling place is. Same thing. Input your address and up will come the polling place where you go tomorrow. And remember, Minnesota has same-day or election-day voter registration. So if you need to register or re-register to vote, maybe you just moved, maybe you had a name change, whatever the reason is, you can do that right there on game day. Just stroll into the polling place, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., 13 hours, and you can do both things there. You can register slash re-register and vote. One seamless transition and one seamless uh, way to do it tomorrow. One of the things I find interesting is you talk about with the cities. Most people know what city they live in. The school board can be interesting. I'm in, I'm in Hopkins, uh, you know, so, you know, you, you which has parts of Edina and Eden Prairie and, and Minnetonka and Hopkins itself. And, you know, it goes all over the place. So that's one that uh, I've had friends of mine who are interested. They're going to have kids. They want to find out more about the school board, but they might not have any idea what school district they're in. That Your, your website as well, mnvotes.gov, will help as well and help them figure out what school board that they will be voting in. Yeah, I hope so. And people make a lot of use of that website for that purpose. And I don't blame people. People have things to do and lives and jobs and families, and they might not know exactly what is on their ballot tomorrow, if anything, or there might be just some justifiable um, mix-up. And so just go to that website, input your address, and you'll see right there, up will come the ballot. These are the contests. These are the candidates. If you wish, you can click on their website if they have one, and it'll tell you your polling place as well. Will your site tell people if they're in a community where ranked choice voting is the way it's done? Uh, no, not explicitly, no. And, and we have five communities. I can say what that is right now for your listeners' sake. Please. We have five communities in Minnesota that use ranked choice voting. Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnetonka, St. Louis Park, and Bloomington. Those are the five. There are some others on deck who are considering it. Uh, but those are the five right now. And in one of those places, in Minnetonka, there is a ranked choice voting. And there's also a ballot question on whether to repeal ranked choice voting. So that's going on in the city of Minnetonka. And it's, it's, it's a yes or no question. So not technically, it's not a ranked choice voting issue. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. not ranked choice Ironically, voting. right. Yes. Um, it does, you know, there, there are, you know, once again, that's an interesting thing. And when she said Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnetonka, St. Louis Park, and Bloomington, you have the ranked choice voting. Um, it is interesting to see that, you know, I've, I talked to some people who love it, I talk to some people that don't like it. It is really – it is a unique thing that we've not been used to in this country. And so to bring it in, it's, it, it does get, it, it does get a, a, the, the myriad of reactions. Yeah, that's right. I mean my own view is 
hey, let's see more laboratories. Let's make it uh, easier for more cities to experiment if they wish just for local contests, for for city council, for school board, uh, for, for mayor, that sort of thing, for local contests. Let's get more laboratories out there. We've got five now. It would be great if we had a lot more. And then as a state, uh, folks can decide, you know, what direction they want to go for it. Do they want to expand it? Do they not? And incidentally, any city can choose to do it on a limited basis or a permanent basis. They can roll it back if they want. And so no one is is, is frozen. And, and I just favor more options uh, for cities who want to experiment with this. Well, and, and there are some people, I mean, I, I've, I've talked about it before. I get to a point, I mean, if Minnetonka chooses after tomorrow, we'll find out whether they choose to revoke it. At least they tried it. And I think that that's, as you said, that those laboratories, those experience, I think that that's, that's the important thing. There's nothing wrong with trying something and then repealing it later if you don't like it. Right, and that goes with um, all sorts of other uh, ways of voting throughout Minnesota. Not so much like ranked choice voting, but there are other things that local governments can can revoke or, or or toggle back and forth between. I just think there ought to be that maximum flexibility as long as it meets the standards of election integrity and honesty and accuracy. Um, I think it should be up to local folks to decide whether they want to experiment with a particular system like ranked choice voting. You you are a person, Secretary of State Steve Simon joining us. You are a person who wants information for the masses, and that's one of the things I love about you. I think it's one of the reasons you're the best Secretary of State in the country is that you just want an informed populace that votes, and that's important. One of the things I think is interesting, your website will tell you who you're voting for. But in the traditional past, we have had, especially the suburban areas, we have had you know, local papers that have had breakdowns in just a, a standard right. questionnaire. They'll talk to the city council, the school boards. It's getting harder and harder. In rural Minnesota, they still have a lot of local districts out there where they have that ability. But in, in, in the kind of the, the suburbs, I've noticed it's, it is harder at times to find the information. And, and I think that that's important. I, I give it a lot of con, uh, you know, you know, credit to the League of Women Voters. They do a lot of great work with that. Yeah. But I think that it is important, you know, making sure we have the, the, the candidates accessible so people can understand their positions, I think, is an important part. I think that's right. And you're absolutely right to point out that it can feel like it's harder. I mean, with the big national races or statewide races, there, there's no shortage of sources, whether it's newspapers or online forums or anything. If you want information about who's running for those jobs, it's much easier. But if you're looking for information that's not just in the candidate's own words, like their website, um, which can be helpful and is helpful, but uh, it is in many cases pe- people feel it's not enough. That can be harder. You're right. The League of Women Voters. I don't know if you're if you or your listeners saw today's uh, Star Tribune lead editorial was a huge pat on the back for the statewide League of Women Voters for all the work that they do to make sure citizens are informed. And many league chapters do online or other newsletters or materials. They host candidate forums, and they provide a sort of um, a place to go for more information about the candidates. I, I will say that some of the regional newspapers do a pretty good job, the Star yeah. Tribune or the Pioneer Press as well. But you're right, it, 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 it's a little bit harder sometimes, or it can feel that way, to find information, credible information about the candidates for local office. Uh, referendums as well. Uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of them are school referendums that when they do show up on ballots. Are there a lot across the state this year or just a few? 
No, there are quite a few, actually, and not just on schools. For example, the city of St. Paul is voting on a sales tax measure that would dedicate money to road improvements. So that's been a, a focal point of the candidates' uh, discussions in the city of St. Paul. And there are other like contests throughout the state that are referenda of some kind. You're right, it's mostly school-based, but not only. And those tend to be, um, you know, spirited conversations, for sure, <laughs> uh, depending on where you live. Oh, uh, it, it, it's, it's, first of all, it's good to talk with you again. You, you know, you are, it's, it's always so nice to have someone who's so good at their job, uh, you know, to talk with, especially about this. It is, it, it, I'm going to give you the floor once again here. This is an important thing. There's a tendency of not focusing on these off year elections. The reality is, is for everyone out there, these elections are in some ways far more important than any other election because it's going to dictate a lot of what happens in your local community. Absolutely. I think that these contests that are on the ballot tomorrow, straight shot quality of life issues, whether it's a school, city council, a mayor, these are about every day the services that affect the quality of your life. And they are often closed contests. So get out there and vote tomorrow if you haven't already. 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. are the polling hours. Again, our website is mnvotes.gov, mnvotes.gov. That's where you can find out where your polling place is, who or what is on your ballot, other useful, helpful uh, hints and tips about Election Day. And may I recommend to everyone, take your teenager, if they're not yet, old enough yet to vote, oh, yeah. take your teenager with you to the ballots. My kids, my two older kids, they vote every time. My youngest is 16, same thing, taking her to the polls tomorrow. I want to make sure she knows how to do it and that it's no big surprise because it is so important that everyone gets out there and votes, especially when they get to the point when they're they're legal to do so, especially now that we have the uh, the new automatic registration for 16-year-olds, right? We have automatic voter registration, and we have pre-registration for 16- and 17-year-olds in Minnesota. allows them to get in line, so to speak, for registration by filling out the same form. Uh, and then if everything checks out, uh, then on their 18th birthday, they automatically join the ranks of voters registered to vote in Minnesota. Outstanding. MNVotes.gov, MNVotes.gov. I'll link to it all later on. Secretary of State Steve Simon. Uh, Mr. Secretary, as always, an absolute privilege to chat with you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, let's take a break. Come on back. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. On. Everybody looking for a dance floor to run on. If you want to run away with me, I know a galaxy and I can take you Hi, this is Laura. Listen to Food Freedom Radio every Saturday.